1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per
0: line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com.
1: Congressman Brian Higgins is with us. Congressman, thank you so much for joining me this morning.
0: Happy to be with you, Joe. Uh,
1: Obviously, uh, we saw some uh, bipartisanship this week with you and uh, Congressman Nick Laneworthy uh, about flight safety. Uh, Explain what is at risk and what you are pushing for.
0: Yeah, as a result of the 3407 uh, crash in Clarence Center and uh, the uh, the FAA uh, bill, uh, which is the Federal Aviation Safety Bill, uh, looked at uh, what the cause of the, of the crash was. And the National Transportation Safety Board went out and found that it was an avoidable crash. It was a result of human error. So the question is, you know, why did human error uh, exist on, on that flight? And we found that uh, inadequate uh, pilot training, uh, lack of a pilot uh, records database, and other issues were contributing causes. Uh, That flight went into an aerodynamic stall and the pilots did exactly the opposite of what they were supposed to have done and they lost control of the plane. 49 people uh, died as a result and one on the ground, Uh, so 50 people. So uh, the FAA is a five-year authorization. It expires on September 30th of this year. So we want to ensure that nothing is done to compromise uh, the flight safety provisions that were put in place and fought for uh, by the victims' families, and that's so-called 1500-hour rule relative to pilot training. What most people didn't realize uh, is that there were two levels of of flight safety, uh, one for the larger commercial carriers and one for the regional carriers. And the continental flight, Although you know people believe that it was a continental flight, it was Kogan Air, a regional carrier, which was uh, which was subject to uh, less uh, uh, stringent guidelines as it relates to pilot training and and other issues that contributed to the crash.
1: So, Congressman, what uh, will go forward? How long until this is up? And do you have the support um, to make sure that this gets extended for another five years?
0: Well, we certainly it will get extended for another five years. The question and the concern that we have is there are special interests in Washington, uh, namely uh, the regional air carriers that would like to uh, roll back uh, the provisions as it relates to pilot training. Uh, that's not going to happen. Now, keep in mind, since uh, 2010, uh, the, the commercial aviation fatality have been reduced by 99.8%. The commercial uh, airline fatalities have been reduced by 99.8%. That is a direct result of the safety provisions that were put in place and fought for uh, by the families of the victims of Flight 3407. Uh, so we're playing. We need to protect that. And uh, I'm confident that in a bipartisan way with Congressman Nick Langworthy uh, and support in the Senate, this issue has always been bipartisan. It's about flight safety and nothing more. Uh, it's about keeping the flying public safe. And uh, we're going to fight uh, any interest to try to roll that back.
1: All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Something that there doesn't seem to be as much bipartisan talk, Congressman, is the debt ceiling. Uh, and it feels like we talk about this on a regular basis. Where are we uh, with the debt ceiling standoff? And where do you stand and where are the differences in Congress?
0: Well, you know, keep in mind, the federal government is 23 and percent of the entire uh, U.S. economy. Any default on the debt would be devastating relative to retirement savings, relative to family savings, uh, relative to uh, the economy, not only in the United States, but the world. Uh, the United States is, is, is uh, a huge economy. It's the largest economy in the world, and any default would be, uh, would be uh, detrimental. Uh, the problem here is since 1960, uh, the debt ceiling has been raised 78 times. Uh, 49 times under Republican administrations, 29 times under Democratic administrations. And uh, it it just needs to be addressed. And the way that you deal with debt and deficit is economic growth. In the 1990s, we had 4% economic growth each year from 1992 to 2000, and we didn't have uh, a budget deficit. We had a, a budget surplus. And we paid down about a half a trillion dollars uh, on the debt. And that's how you do it, through growth. And we can do this through growth. Uh, But decimating uh, the federal budget, uh, having to do with veterans benefits, having to do with transportation, uh, law enforcement is not the way to do it. Um, So uh, my stand is we should raise the debt ceiling.
1: Is there any... Any room uh, bipartisan? You talk to Republicans. You have the majority right now in Congress. Is there? Are there things that both sides are willing to budge on um, to to get this done?
0: Well, what we should be uh, agreeing to is making investments to grow the American economy. Uh, we're growing about two, two and a half percent. Uh, as I said, from 92 to 2000, we grew at 4% annually, sustained over eight years. And inflation was at two, two and a half percent. Uh, so it can be accomplished. And that's the, the, the hard bipartisan work that needs to be done. Making investments in infrastructure, making this economy uh, function in a much more efficient and effective way while producing growth and opportunity.
1: Congressman, uh, Social Security has been mentioned a lot, right? And obviously uh, the Republicans have been um, – it's been claimed that Republicans want to cut Social Security. They say that's not true. But looking at the program that is Social Security, how how safe is that program in the next decade?
0: It's strong, but we need to secure it uh, to sustain it. Moving forward, you know, keep in mind it's a, it's a, it's an insurance program, the Federal Insurance Contributions Act (FICA), and people make contributions to Social Security during their working years so that they can have a secure uh, retirement, and that's good for the American economy. Uh, before Social Security, uh, uh, poverty among uh, older Americans was uh, had skyrocketed. And this uh, program was designed to help with that. But people are making contributions in their working years, so they should expect uh, to get a return uh, after you know their working years have ended and their retirement. And that's the promise that the American people have made. It's been bipartisan uh, in many instances, and it should remain so. But we need to secure it long term uh, to ensure that uh, people, you know, we fulfill the promise uh, that Social Security gives uh, to the sustainability economically of, of families that depend on it.
1: Uh, looking back here at Western New York, uh, you know, w- you and I have talked about the 198. Uh, since then, I've talked to legislators, I've talked to uh, council members, and uh, m- uh, people in Albany. Where do we stand on changes, if any, coming to the 198? The
0: 198, in, in other words, you mean the uh, the uh, ski whatever? Yes. Uh, yeah, various. Uh, right now they're reviewing uh, uh, various alternatives uh, projects of this size have to go through what's referred to as the EIS process, the environmental impact statement process. In doing so, you have to look at uh, alternatives to what you, you you have to look at what you have now and alternatives to it. And what we're attempting to do is, as much as possible, is bringing together uh, Delaware Park again. It's a beautiful Olmstead Park that was, uh, which was bisected uh, with the building of the one ninety eight, the Jacksonville Expressway. Uh, so alternatives are being, uh, are being looked at now. And when a preferred alternative, which is subject to you know, public review and approval, Uh, goes through, then that project can move forward. Uh, Right now it's budgeted at about $120 million.
1: Would this be a project that would happen around the same time as uh, that portion of the 33 would be covered, or would these be two completely separate projects?
0: uh that that remains to be seen uh you know you don't want to have too much disruption at the same time so they may be sequenced Uh, i'm not quite sure at this point uh what order they would go in but uh, certainly that needs to be looked at relative to uh the construction period and and the the, the disruption that that would occur from uh major reconstruction
1: Congressman, final question for you. You know, obviously, I, I talked about it earlier in the interview. Uh, there's been a lot of divide in this country, right? And I, I tried to do my best to bring sides together to, to see everything from both sides uh, of the aisle. Uh, this week, there was a bill passed in Congress that would ban transgender um, sports. So biological men could not uh, compete with biological females. It was a strict party line vote. Uh, yeah. what-, what are your thoughts on that bill?
0: I think that every American is is is, uh, is owed uh, their own civil rights. Uh, I voted against that bill. I voted against it repeatedly, many many times. And uh, you know we're all Americans, and we have uh, different views on things. Uh, but the one thing that remains solid is our commitment to uh, individual and civil rights. Transgender people are deserving of that. They are good people, and we have an obligation to hold their price.
1: What do you say to someone who might say that there's a, a disadvantage for a biological male to wrestle a biological female in, at the high school level?
0: I think that those issues uh, certainly have and will be looked at, uh, but this is a civil rights issue, and uh, I'm very comfortable with my position.
1: All right, Congressman Brian Higgins, as always, thank you so much for joining me this Sunday morning. That is...